is the Mulberry Lane Show. Exclusive interviews, fun, music, celebrities. Your weekend getaway. Now, here's Mulberry Lane, Rachel, Bo, and Ellie Cat. Be a part of the family. Hey, it's Allie here along with your radio sisters, Rachel and Bo. And guess what, guys? It's time for the Mulberry Lane Show. Ah! <laughs> well, so glad you guys are along for the ride today. Let's get started on that musical journey. Woo, let's do it. The Mulberry Lane Show's on. Celebrity story songs. You're going to have it going on when we tell you who's stopping by now. That rock and roll icon with the smoky voice. She got Betty Davis eyes. Kim Carnes not only has an amazingly distinctive voice, she's also an incredible songwriter. And she's known for these hits. With more love and more joy. What you may not know, she also wrote these songs for other artists. joins your weekend to talk about everything from the hits to how three days it took to turn Betty Davis' eyes into the hit that it was. And she also distills her creativity that just might inspire you on your creative journey. Kim Carnes today. Okay, Allie, who else is joining the show? Well, Mother's Day is coming up and Etsy trend expert Dana Isom Johnson is back with us because ideas for your mom, your grandma, or any mother figure in your life. And even for that pet mom. Yeah. Now, you met Dana on our show a few weeks ago and we're happy to have her back and you got to make sure you check her out this summer. She's going to be a judge on the upcoming NBC craft competition series, Making It, along with Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman. That's right. Well, before we go to break, we just want to share a little story about the things that we do for you. (laughs) I love it. So it was Thursday afternoon and we got a last minute email from the Kim Carnes team and they say Kim is available to do an interview tonight. She's traveling tomorrow, so she won't be available tomorrow, but they said she'd love to do an interview tonight if you can fit it in. So 9 p.m. on Thursday night, your radio sisters had to rearrange their plans so we could bring you Kim Carnes today and also say that it was totally worth it because this three-part interview is going to be something that you're really going to enjoy. Kim Carnes is my new spirit animal. (laughs) I think she is, Rachel. She's an incredible inspiration for women in music. Amazing. So stay tuned. That late night chat is coming up right after the break. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show. Woo! 
Station. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, guys, she has one of the most distinctive voices in rock and roll, and it's a huge treat to have her on the show. Grammy Award winning singer songwriter Kim Carnes is here. Now, from Betty Davis Eyes to We Are the World to Fall in Love with the Dreamer, Kim has made a beautifully distinctive mark in the music world. Now, you can catch her with Little River Band this weekend at Ralston Arena, but first, Hang out right here and catch up with Kim. Kim Carnes on the show, smoking vocals. Here we go. Thank you so much. Singing sisters, I love it. Oh, How yeah. lucky you guys are. Oh, <laughs> well, we're lucky to have you on the show as well. Well, thank you. Um, well, now we just talked with Wayne from Little River Band last weekend, and he said that you guys have been wanting to do a concert together for a while. So first, talk about how this finally came together, and this will be your first performance together in Omaha, and then what people are in store for at the concert. They do a Christmas show every year down in Delray Beach, Florida, Uh and I flew down and did that show with them, and afterwards we said, well, this was cool, it was super fun, and worked great, we need to do more, so... um, It kind of, one of those things that just really clicked. Yes, it did, Uh and I've known Wayne for a long time. We used to do a benefit Christmas show every year out in San Diego, so we go way back, and finally we put it together and we're meeting up in Nebraska. So oh, awesome. I so can't wait. Now you come out in the middle of the show? Yeah, about the middle, somewhere uh, like that, maybe a little before. And then they actually are your backing band. They are. And we rehearsed the other day and they're awesome. I've got a band I've you know had for years out of Nashville here, but uh-huh. Little River Band are great. So I'm looking forward to it. It will be super fun. Now yeah. do they sing harmony too behind you? Yes. Okay. Yeah, That's got to be a cool sound. And also, um, my husband, Dave Ellingson, who we've written together for years, he also goes on the road with me and does percussion and background vocals. So okay. That's great. I'll have a whole bunch of singers. That's awesome. So now, you were signed as a songwriter earlier in your career. Jimmy Bowen actually signed you. And at the time, your fellow songwriters were Don Henley, Glenn Fry, and J.D. Souther. So talk a little bit about what that time was like. It was really amazing. My first publishing deal, their first publishing deal, all of them, and it was just pre-Eagles, and we all wrote together and shared demo time in the studio, and we'd end up at this little Italian joint at night called Martoni's, and (laughs) drink some wine, and just talk about um, what we wanted in the future. It was such a great time, because there was no jealousy or anything like that. We all were pulling for each other to be successful. And one night, Dave and I were in line at the Troubadour in L.A. Mm -hmm. to see Van Morrison. And Glenn walked up and we said, where have you been? We haven't seen you for a while. And he said, oh, man, we've started this group and it's going to be huge. It's so good. I can't wait for you to hear it. And we said, what are you going to call them? And he said, the Eagles. Oh. So, um, and really soon after that, their first single hit, and you know, the rest is right. history, big time. Wow. So now I read that when you recorded Betty Davis Eyes, you and your husband and another musician, you worked on it for three days. It wasn't in that form till you know you put this no, work not into at all. it. So, it, what made you take it in that direction? Because I knew I loved the lyric. 
but I didn't like the original feel okay. of the song. It was really different, and it, to me, needed to be dark and just vibey and dark. Uh-huh. So um, my band and I always rehearse first, because when I'm in the studio, I like to cut live okay. vocal at the same time with the band. Wow. And so we rehearsed, and on, I think, day three, my keyboard player, Bill Como, came up with like the signature lick on the synthesizer. and. Okay. We Did you know went, it when you heard it? Oh, totally. Okay. Like, that's it. Yeah. And it just, everybody fell into place and knew what to do. And the next day, we cut it live. Um, the record is the second take. And the there's mix, no overdubs. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Um, and the mix was a rough mix. We were taking a break over Christmas and then going to come back and cut the rest of the album and i said you know i can't go home without copies of what we've done so nico bolas the second engineer ran off a copy for me of everything and that ended up being the mix that was the record because we could never top it Uh, we we could never beat it you think you had that run off if you hadn't asked for that you wouldn't have had it right right wow now we still would have mixed it and i wouldn't have known I was trying to beat the mix right. that we didn't have, <laughs> but it worked out perfectly. That's a cool twist of fate. Yeah, there's a spontaneity when you just mix on the spot, uh-huh. and you're not all programmed and thinking about things. And You're in the moment. Yes, it's like singing. It's like there's only one time mm. when you know that that's the performance, and any time you sing it after that, I'm talking about in the studio, yeah. it's just going to be a recreation of that one magical one. So it's that way with a mix also. You know, it's like, okay, that's the performance anyway. Singer-songwriter Kim Carnes joining your weekend right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. So now you have such a unique voice and a unique sound. As a songwriter, the melodies and things, knowing what you're capable of with your voice, did that influence how you wrote your songs? Well, I write most everything on keyboard. So... For the most part, except with rare exception, I just write what feels good to sing. And I've been fortunate that, you know, a a lot of other people have cut my songs based on my demos. Dave and I wrote an album uh, for Kenny Rogers called Gideon, and he came to us and asked if we would write him an album, a concept album. He wanted to be a modern-day cowboy. So we came home and we gave him a name. We wrote a whole life story that we made up and then after that we wrote the songs and the first hit was a duet from that called don't fall in love with a dreamer but i'll sing it at the show the way i usually do it live because i wrote it at the piano just me and the piano not as a duet and so i like doing it both ways but i think it's closer to my heart to do just the way i originally wrote it yeah Got to take a quick break. Be right back with more from singer-songwriter Kim Carnes here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Going to talk more about the musical relationship with Kenny Rogers right after this. Keep it right here with your radio sisters. Her hair is hollow gold. Her lips sweet surprise. Her hands are never cold. She's got Betty Davis eyes. As New York snow, she got Betty Davis eyes, and she teased you. 
bringing you the stories behind the songs. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. If you've just joined us, you're hanging out with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Kim Carnes. She'll be swinging through the heartland this weekend with Little River Band at the Ralston Arena. Right now, she's talking about the collaboration from one of Kenny Rogers' big albums. Let's get back with Kim. We're now with Kenny Rogers. What was that artistic connection like? Well, he'd already recorded three or four of my songs. Okay. One of the first songs as a writer I ever had cut was when he was with the first edition. We knew each other, and Bowen was the first edition's producer. Okay. So anytime he was cutting an album, he'd ask me to send him songs, and he recorded a bunch of them. So then when he came and asked us to write a whole album, that was extraordinary, right. to say the least. We didn't know. We had to make a demo of the whole album. I got my band together, a wonderful singer, a friend of ours, Ken Vassie, and we produced an album that we played for Kenny. And um, when we got to Dreamer, he said, well, if I do this album, will you do this as a duet with me? So yeah. He um, probably knew that your voice had to be on that. Well, it worked out great. Yeah. <laughs> so, but what a compliment, though, for an artist to trust another artist so completely with a project like that. To write the whole thing. Yeah, Listen, right. I think about that, and it's such a high point because most people never get to do that as right. writers. Yeah, it's rare, and I still, you know, we feel, when we talk about it, so privileged. And once we got into the character, giving him a name, Gideon Tanner, and his whole story, he became real to us, and it just, it was challenging, and once we got really into the project, it was just so much fun and so creative. You know, it makes you wonder why album is, of course, gone by the wayside, but, you know, those creative moments are no longer, you know, there to have without the concept album and the story. Yeah, not too often. Um, There's still, especially here in Nashville, you know, groups of people who still like to record live and they want to go for the special moments. It's not all cut and paste. And um, and also, you know, more and more of my friends are going back to the analog um, synths and instruments just because of that warm, mm-hmm. wonderful sound. Right. So it's like everything, it comes back around. but. Yeah. Not a hundred percent for sure. Right. So now you you have to share a little bit about the We Are the World session. Oh, <laughs> another incredible memory. Yeah. I mean, just beyond magical night. And when we we recorded at A and M Studios, and I had been on the label A and M for two or three out al- three albums, okay. and loved that label. So Quincy Jones, the producer, put a big sign over the doorway saying, "Leave your egos at the door." <sighs> And Love that. truly, everybody did. Okay, that was my was, next question. Did everyone yeah. follow that? <laughs> everybody was so happy to be part of it and be there, and so cool. You know, and we recorded until the sun came up. It wow. was one of those nights where it had to be finished. Um, Do you wish social media was around then? <laughs> um, oh, gosh. I guess no. <laughs> I am not. I know what it does, but I'm just not. I'm so not a fan yeah. of social media. Yeah. So I have to answer the question that way because it let it just be organic. It was right. made. It was mixed. The record came out and yeah. people bought it and it was played on the radio. It was organic again. I have okay. Now your that. line, your line was with, was it with Cindy Lauper? 
Uh-huh. Okay. And what was the line you were saying? Uh, when we come together as one. Okay. And then after that project, did you feel a special bond with the people in that room? Yeah. I mean, some of them I never saw again. Okay. <laughs> and a bunch of them, yes, I did and worked with and stayed close to, so all mixed up, you know. Right. I had never met Bob Dylan before, so that was a super yeah. treat for me. Totally yeah. cool. Beyond. So- yeah. So special to be part of that. You know, just a memory that's etched in your brain forever. I'm sure. I bet. You're listening to Grammy-winning singer-songwriter Kim Carnes here on the Mulberry Lane Show. So now you ended up in Nashville, as did Jimmy Bowen. How did that come about? Um, My publisher was here, so I was coming back and forth from L.A. to write um, all the time with different people. I finally got tired of, I had two boys in school, and I didn't like leaving all the time. So, And also, when I would come to Nashville, I would just write like crazy. It was so creative, much like the early publishing days that you were mentioning at first with Glenn and Don Hanley. And it was much like late 70s in L.A. and early 80s. And that kind of dissipated. So I would come back here, and that same close-knit music community and songwriting community was and still is so close Uh here. And I loved that. Mm -hmm. So we said, okay, we'll move there for two years, three at the most. And that was like 20 years ago. (laughs) It was meant to be, right? Yeah. I forgot that, you know, I was going to make tons of friends and um, everybody, a songwriter or put together my wonderful band and and I still go back to L.A. a lot because yeah. I'm born and raised there, so kind of split time, but definitely spend more time here in Nashville. Okay, so now you've been married to the same guy for a long time. Yes. So how have you made your marriage work in this crazy business? I think one thing that helps is that we both are in the music business, and mm-hmm. I don't have to explain to him what it is I do right. and why he I have to it. do it. Yeah. He knows because he does it too. I can see where... That could be a problem, and especially going on the road a lot and going to Europe every year and performing, and it just works out better if we're doing it together, going to the same places. Share the same life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it helps that you're both talented, too. (laughs) (laughs) We, you know, again, feel so fortunate because I just, I love what I do, and I can't imagine I wouldn't be doing anything else. And so to get to do that is such a privilege. You right. know? And not only are they great, talented people I write with and do shows with, but they're all really good friends. So that uh-huh. is incredible, too. Yeah, and you seem to really another, like that sense of community, artistic community. It, it really is. Even with Nashville's huge growth right now, the songwriting community, the music community is still close. Mm-hmm. And everybody's there for everybody else. Uh-huh. You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So now one of the aims of the show is to show how important having a creative life is. Maybe you do something completely different in your real life, but we want to encourage our listeners to do something creative and to keep that flow going. How have you managed to keep up your creativity, especially when, you know, life gets in the way? I guess because I've always done it and it's such a natural thing for me to go over to the piano and sit down and write a song and getting together with good friends doing it of course shows i mean i've never done anything else you know once i got out of school but all through like junior high and high school i sang at school events and you know different things and i always knew 
I told my parents when I was like three and a half, I'm going to be a singer and a songwriter. And, oh. and, you know, nobody in our family was doing that, so they didn't pay much attention. But um, then they had to start taking it seriously because I really meant it. You did mean it. Yeah. Some things are just meant to be, and Kim Carnes was definitely meant to be a singer-songwriter. One more segment with Kim when we come back. We'll wrap it up with more chat about creativity and her favorite songs to sing live. Keep it right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Don't fall in love with a dreamer Cause he'll always take you in Just when you think you've really changed him He'll leave you you covered the mulberry lane show now here's mulberry lane thanks for keeping it here on the mulberry lane show right now you're listening to grammy award-winning singer-songwriter kim carnes this is segment three of our chat where she's talking all about creativity let's get back with kim right now so now when you were raising your boys was there a time when it was hard to find time to create no not really I mean, they went on, always went on the road with me, with a few exceptions. But the big tours, I'd always make sure to book them in the summer so they could go, and European ones. If we went to a great place, we would stay over and make it a vacation okay. afterwards. So, the science but, and, yeah. No, I mean, they knew that's what I did. It just worked out. Uh-huh. I, you know, I've always thought, once in a while, people will say, oh, I can't do this and have kids. I can't do both. It's impossible. I don't think so. I think if you, in your mind, know that you want to do the best job possible raising your kids and you love them more than anything in the world, they're your priority. But also, there's this thing I do, writing songs and singing and doing shows, that's really important. It just works out. In my life, it did. You made it work. Because I never thought it would be a problem. I just went, well, hey, we'll just figure out how it works. So I think that's it. I love that. At least for for me. Right. Now, what's your viewpoint? I know, especially in Nashville, there's a predominance of, I guess, in country music, but men on the charts and women kind of have a hard time getting airplay on on country radio. What are your thoughts on, you know, your experience being a very successful woman in music? Um, Share with us your heart on that. Well, it was definitely more difficult, um, more difficult to be taken seriously. Uh-huh. Uh, I ended up producing a song that I wrote as a duet for uh, me and Barbara Streisand, and that was a miracle that it happened, that people let it work, because if you notice, not only are there fewer females on the charts, but as producers, yes. you know, and yes. I know tons, I have tons of friends that should be really successful music producers. It's just 
it's harder, you know. Mm-hmm. And the charts right now, it's insane how few, yes, how few females, you know. And I know when I wanted to, I made up my mind um, early on. I wanted to be on A and M Records because that was the singer songwriter label, okay. and it had such great credibility. And I loved the artists there. And I was told by the wonderful head of the label and head of A&R, we'd love to sign you, but we already have our female. You know, and there were tons of male artists, so I didn't give up because that's the label I wanted to be on. And finally, the head of the label said, okay, you finally worn me down. We'll sign you. We'll do it. You know. So Uh, how how did you wear them down? (laughs) Because I just wouldn't give up, and I kept bringing them my demos and playing yeah. them my songs. And uh, it just finally, after about a year or more, uh, they finally said, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> and I hired um, a biplane that you could hire, and they would you could tell them what to write on a banner. And oh. what did I write on it? I had it fly over A&M Studios, like Kim Cards Loves A&M, right <laughs> after they signed me. Oh, wow. And I was told, I wasn't there, that the head of the label, they said, you got to come out and see this, said, looked at it and said, oh, no, another female artist. <laughs> no, it all worked out great, and we worked great together, but it just, that's the answer to your question. Even even as they were signing me, they still were like, oh, geez, oh what, are, we, we, what got, are we doing? We got planes in the sky. <laughs> yeah. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Kim Carnes right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. I've had way more battles to fight, I think, because of being a female artist. Well, I don't think I know it. You just have to work at proving yourself much harder. And I would think as a producer, too, as a female producer, because that is a predominantly male field. Oh, for sure. How did you you know, get taken seriously in the studio from a production standpoint? Well, I'd always, whether it was on the credit or not, had a co-producing hand in every single one of my records. I knew, I always had a vision of what I wanted to do. So I basically just worked alongside the producer and it was my band and I wouldn't settle for something that I didn't feel was right. I always had a big say. And the Streisand duet came about because her manager called me out of the blue and said, could you write something that you and Barbara could do as a duet? I said, I'm really flattered, thank you, but I don't know because our voices are so different. Mm -hmm. Our styles are so different. I can't even imagine what it would be. And so let me think about this. And truly, about a half hour later, I went to the piano, my hands touched down, and I didn't get up until the song was written. Oh, and awesome it was moment. about an hour later. Oh. And it was just, and I knew at that time, this will work. I could hear both our voices. Yes. And then, you know, that particular song, Make No Mistake, He's Mine, we cut together. And then Kenny again called and said, I want to do a duet with Ronnie Millsap. Do you have anything? And I said, Well, if you can really use your imagination, I'm going to send you Make No Mistake, He's Mine, but just picture you guys singing it, Make No Mistake, She's Mine. So it ended up being a number one country record for them. It earned them a Grammy um, for Best Vocal Duo. And then a couple of years ago, Glee, two people on Glee cut the song. So 
where that went from that first phone call was just insane. And sitting you know? down at the piano. Now, do you like what Rachel and I call assignment writing? Like when someone says, can you write this type of song? Or how can um, Roger set? Do you like that better? or No, okay. I like when I feel like writing and what comes out because I feel. Except, you know, like the Kenny Pro- the Gideon album. Right. That was a labor of love. And I loved doing that. But for the most part, no, I don't write with a specific person or an assignment. Okay. Um, sometimes I've written themes for films, and after seeing the film or the rough cut, and I'm inspired to write something, that's fun. But again, for the most part, no. I like whatever hits me. Do you have a song that you just love singing live? Yeah, actually, I'm going to sing open with a song called If I Was an Angel that I wrote with an incredible songwriter who's in the Hall of Fame here, my my best friend here, Matresa Berg, oh, and um, yeah. she cut it on one of her albums, then it's on my last album, um, Chasing Wild Trains, which I'm going to bring copies there, which is my favorite album uh-huh. of mine. It's the only one I could still listen to, <laughs> so that's Funny a miracle that works, yeah. in itself. Yeah. But I love doing that. I do one on the keyboard called Still Warm by the Thrill, and I just close my eyes and love singing and playing that. Yeah. So I'm doing, I think, seven songs, so I have to like the ones I'm yeah, doing. Right. Oh, yeah, right. If I'm going to pare it down. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Kim, we have to tell you, this has been just an awesome interview. We've loved chatting with you, and thank you for sharing your heart and letting us into the inside of your life. We really appreciate it. Uh, well, I appreciate it, too, and I'm so glad... It worked out. When your next project, whatever you're going to do next, holler back at us and we'll, we'll oh, chat again. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Musical icon Kim Carnes here on the Mulberry Lean Show. Don't go anywhere because when we come back, you're going to hear all about some Mother's Day gifts from the Etsy trend expert, Dana Isom Johnson. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show. Don't call him up anymore. Cause I don't wanna you covered the mulberry lane show now here's mulberry lane you met dana isom johnson here a few weeks ago she's the etsy trend expert who will soon be starring in the upcoming nbc craft competition making it which also stars amy poehler and nick offerman well dana is back to join your weekend to infuse your mother's day with some awesome gift suggestions no matter what kind of motherhood you might be celebrating it's an Etsy Mother's Day, the Dana Isom Johnson way. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh my gosh, I just love that so much. That was so great. Well, it's great to have you back. And the best thing about this is you're going to bring some really unique gift ideas for Mother's Day. Not the same flowers and chocolates that, you know, all of us moms expect. So first of all, where can we get some inspiration and ideas? Oh, for sure. So I actually just wrote a blog post that's devoted to just Mother's Day ideas. And you can find that on Etsy.com. And just look at our news blog, and it will be the first option that comes up to get you all inspired for Mother's Day. Okay. You've got a lot of unique mom gifts and things that can be very personalized. So give us a suggestion of what kinds of things we can be looking at. For sure. So first thing is, you know, Mother's Day is about recognizing and celebrating all the mother figures in your life. So your mom, your grandma, your aunt, or whoever that special lady who has been there for you with guidance and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. So some of the personalized things that I'm loving right now, this is something that I like to call gifts from kids that mom will actually wear. <laughs> so if you, <laughs> you know, that. I mean, yep. let's face it, it's a lot of things that end up in a drawer. Yes. There are a lot of things that are special in the moment, and then they just never continue to relive that moment, right? That's true. So Very true. I am digging these necklaces and these jewelry pieces that Etsy sellers are creating. What you're going to do is, you're going to send them a picture that your child has drawn for you or even just a writing sample. So let's say maybe they wrote you a sweet note or anything that has their writing on it. Okay. The Etsy seller is then going to transfer the drawing or the writing onto a pendant, onto a bracelet, onto any other piece of jewelry that you can wear every day. Isn't that awesome? It is like a sophisticated update to the macaroni necklace. Remember that? (laughs) And it still has their imprint on it of the kids, but yet it's a sophisticated piece of jewelry that you would actually wear. And it's long lasting. You can wear it every day, layer it with other pieces. And let's also not forget, maybe your refrigerator is going to be a little less cluttered now from all of the papers. (laughs) That's always a good thing. So now you have some ideas for single moms as well. Oh, for sure. So what I'm loving, it's kind of like a resurgence of the mommy and me. You know, you remember back in the day when you would get all dressed up and you and your mom would have on the same dress or the same outfit, whatever that was. Uh So now some Etsy sellers have really modernized this and are creating cool T-shirts that have funny sayings. So like, one, the mother's uh, shirt will say the original, and then the child's T-shirt will say the remix. Oh, how and cute. Another ex- isn't that cute? And another example is the mom's shirt will say send coffee, and the baby's onesie will say send milk. Oh, cute. But it is just these <laughs> cute little pairings, you Fine. know, that you can, you can absolutely wear beyond Mother's Day. I think all of these things are just really about how can we celebrate mom in more than this one day of flowers that will die, of chocolates that will be eaten? Like, what are these things that live longer past the one day? Okay, awesome. Now, you also have some ideas for the grandmother. And, of course, we need to remember our grandmothers as well. Oh, of course. So for grandma, you can always get personalized mugs. Uh, You know, maybe you wrote your grandmother a special note and you want that engraved on a piece of wall art. Or maybe even... Your grandmother is a cook, and you were able to find recipes from her mother that you can get transferred onto a a cutting board that becomes two functional pieces, a cutting board and then just a piece of artwork that also shows recipes from your family. So the ideas are endless, really. You can find it all. 
<laughs> now, you oh, also sure. are promoting some unique mom-owned businesses for this, too, which is neat to support another mom while we're getting gifts for our own mom. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you what. What's really special about shopping on Etsy is the fact that when you're shopping on Etsy, there are so many, 1.9 million sellers. That's a load of businesses, right? Uh-huh. But when you break that down even more, 9 out of 10 every seller is a woman. Okay. So chances are when you're purchasing something from Etsy, you're buying from a woman, and most likely they're also a mom too. So it's full circle and you're really celebrating all those strong women. Right, Mm -hmm. and you know, you end up with something really unique and personalized for your own mom. For sure. Yeah. Yep. Well, right now you're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show, and we're talking with Dana Isom Johnson from Etsy, and she's giving you some great tips on what to buy for Mother's Day. So now a question for you. One of the purposes of this show is to inspire listeners to create where they are, to get in touch with their creativity. So what advice do you have for those times when, you know, life makes you push your creativity aside, you have to handle all the stuff that comes up, and, you know, the first thing we tend to do is give up on our creativity. So what are your suggestions for keeping creativity alive? Well, the first thing is maybe put your phone down. That could be be the start, right? I think we are all so connected to our phones, and, you know, I am not saying that we don't need them. I am one of those people. I need it, too. But sometimes you need a break from that. And a great way to get started back into it, and you can even do it for Mother's Day. So if you go to Etsy and you type in DIY kit, right, you can either do, like, a great activity for you to do with your mom is a terrarium. Build a terrarium. Okay. Yeah, you can get a terrarium kit, and then you wrap the kit up, and you spend the day with mom putting this together. You guys are getting creative together. It's about spending time. And now when mom goes back and looks at that terrarium or whatever that DIY thing is, She remembers that day that you guys built that together, and it got you boiling with your creativity, too. I love that. And it's something that can be done together. You know, the time spent is so valuable as well. And then you have something beautiful to show for it. Right. Okay, now, Dana, remind our listeners when your NBC show. Oh, my gosh. July 31st at 10 p.m. Making It is premiering. I hope everyone can tune in and you'll probably get inspired to make something by watching the show. Okay, so another way to get in touch with your creativity. Exactly. All right, well, Dana, we want to thank you so much for joining the show. Some awesome suggestions, and it'll be fun to uh, get inspired. Thank you so much. Dana Isom Johnson, Etsy trend expert here on the Mulberry Lane Show with awesome gift ideas for your Mother's Day. Dana, thanks so much for stopping by. And you know we love those personalized gifts. Mm -hmm. All right, who else do we need to thank, sisters? Well, a huge thanks to Kim Carnes for stopping by the show today. Kim, thanks for talking about your creative process, the hits, being a woman in music, behind the scenes in the recording sessions. And we look forward to seeing you this weekend at the Ralston Arena in Omaha in concert with the Little River Band. And you know, I think for anyone who's going to the concert who heard this interview today, I think it will make the concert that much more special when you know kind of the stories and everything that went on. Yes, indeed, Rachel and Kim. Thanks for sharing your heart and musical soul with us and our listeners today. That's right. And guys, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Mulberry Lane Show. You know we'll be here same time, same place next weekend. And we'll be waiting for you. Bo, stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, until then, create where you are. That's a wrap. Woo! Yeah! Yeah! Hey. <laughs>